Hi everyone and welcome to a mini-sode for Oh Brother, What Are We Watching? Two brothers discussing just one thing this time. So earlier in the summer, Chris, we discussed uh, how you basically take a month's leave of absence. We'll call it that, shall we? <laughs> yeah, that sounds good. That sounds good. Uh, <laughs> uh, basically, in that month of absence, uh, you went away and you were studying and doing exams and doing very busy stuff and certain things kind of passed you by i remember i would message you on facebook um and say hey chris have you seen this would, no have you caught <laughs> did you hear this news no. no busy sorry busy work son work wife things were getting in the way so a few things passed you by, a few mm-hmm. pop culture things. In recent days, even more might have passed you by. I mean, did you know that uh, two direct, the two co-directors of the new Star Wars film were fired? No. Why? There we go. Well, creative differences, Chris. Oh, that old chestnut. But so this is interesting for our podcast, Chris, because the two directors mm-hmm. are Chris Lord, no, Lord and Miller, uh, who did 21 Jump Street, which we talked about. Love it. And the Lego movie, and they were directing Han Solo, and they've been kicked off of it. Man, that's a drag. And you know who they've been replaced by? Hmm. You don't know, but I'm going to tell you, it's Ron Howard from Arrested Development. Well, I mean, he's got a, he's you know he's he's got a pretty established career as a as a director, obviously. Absolutely. I, so I back, I back that play, but I don't know. I like those guys. I think they could have done a good. I think they could have done a good thing with um with Han Solo actually. I well, I agree with you, and I I I have a larger rant which may not fit on this mini sode, which basically is that for all the money it makes, and all for the kind of general warmth that the uh, the the Star Wars universe brings us, especially in recent years with the reintroduction of these new films, it's very stale. It's very safe. Like the Force Awakens was basically Episode Four. It was very enjoyable. Don't get me wrong. JJ, you know, played a blinder. Rogue One was okay, but again, was kind of stale. I mean, for a universe so large, we see so little of it, right? Mm. And so when you go out there and you get like all these new directors, these interesting directors like uh, Rianne Miller, like Lord and Miller, like um, Gareth Evans, is it? Who mm. did Rogue One? Can't remember. All these unique names, um, you kind of feel they fall into a trap of, of film by numbers, but that's a larger point. The main point for getting you on this mini episode, Chris, was because one of the things that passed you by was one of our childhood loves, Star Trek, is coming back. It comes back mm-hmm. September 24th on Netflix, Star Trek Discovery, brand new show, and you still have not watched the trailer for it. The first trailer, anyway. Mm-hmm. So what we're going to do is we're going to do a little experiment. We're going to we're going to both play, we're going to hit play on the same video on YouTube at the same time, and we're going to see whether you have any reactions to it as you go along, or maybe just at the end, and we'll just talk about it. But we're going to have a little mm-hmm. bit of fun, okay? So we're going to get up the trailer on zero okay. minutes and zero seconds. Okay, I'm full. I'm full screening. Oh, and you're full screening as well. Excellent, excellent. So you should see uh, some desert. Mm-hmm. Okay, and we're going to hit play on one. Or three, two, one, go. Right, on go. So on go. Okay. On go. All right. <laughs> I think if I hit enter, it'll play, but I'll let you know if it doesn't. Okay. Because I'm so, full screened and I know. It's you're full screened and I know. This could be a disaster, folks. Okay, so Star Trek Discovery launch in three, two, one, go. All right, no, it didn't work. 
<laughs> all right, all right. Okay, it's for for anyone watching uh, or listening. If you want to do this along with us, please do. It's the space bar that that yeah, makes things play. Uh, if you're new to computers, you might not have known that. Space <laughs> like you bar. are <laughs> a man in his thirties. <laughs> Doesn't know that spacebar starts as it. Okay, so right, right, let again. me just let me get it back to zero. Let me get it right, right on back to zero. Okay, and obscure the play button again. Okay, okay, and you're ready. And three, two, one, go. Okay, it's deserty and there's some people. We have no map, and you can't set a course without a star. It's hard to imagine you've served under me Lots for of sand. seven years. Commander Burnham, I think it is time we talked about you having your own command. Tutor transport. <laughs> oh, this is very exciting. It's all swish, this trailer, isn't it? Okay, I'm liking the look. I'm liking the aesthetic. I like the look as well. Mm. Lots of blue and gold in the uniforms. This looks so pretty. The budget must be insane. It's Game of Thrones level budget. Klingons! Mm, nice. I'm trying to save you. I'm trying to save all of you. The target's neck cut off its head. Starfleet doesn't fire first. We have to. My people were biologically determined for one purpose alone to sense the coming of death. That is badass. So that's our first look at Star Trek Discovery. Oh, okay. Okay, I need a, I need a minute. I need a minute. That was <laughs> that was so good. So I know. I mean, I've been avoiding details. The only things I've known about Star Trek Discovery have been what you've told me. I I don't want to be ferreting out too much information. I want it to feel quite fresh and exciting. Uh, but golly. <laughs> this looks exciting. Um, so it's so it's prequel as far as timelines go. That's right. So it's set ten years before the original first show, nineteen sixties, Kirk, Spock, and McCoy. But it is in what we would refer to as the prime universe, or or is it before the George no, Kirk it's... events happened? No, that's right. So it's set in the events in the main TV show. It's not related to the uh, the remakes, the Kelvin verses. They're officially known. Oh, really? Um, okay. From the last three films. So, I mean, if you were to ask me for, like, uh, a wish list of what I wanted to see from a new Star Trek series, particularly one that is set more towards the Enterprise kind of era, mm -hmm. 
it'd be yeah, a little bit of nostalgia stuff, a little bit of a uh, f- little bit of friction from the Vulcans, but not having them as the main antagonists as they did in in Enterprise, which was a huge mistake. And Klingons, and it actually let us see the Klingons that 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 the, the, the aggression with them that was always alluded to in the show, but the show never really had the budget to show us uh, until, say, Deep Space Nine, when there was the sort of brief Klingon war. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that's what I've always wanted to see. One of my favorite episodes of the original Star Trek is is Errand of Mercy, oh, right. where they have that sort of almost proxy war between the Klingons and the Federation. Um, I don't know where they drew their inspiration from, uh, that was happening at the time in the real world. Must have been something. But uh, I think it was just the Soviet Union. <laughs> couldn't have been. Couldn't have been. <laughs> but uh, nev- nevertheless, yeah, you know, to actually see some of that stuff on screen, uh, I also cannot wait till you tell me how much stupid nerd rage there is over the fact that the Klingons look different. There is so much stupid nerd rage about how... But it's, it's not just the Klingons, Chris. Oh, because Star Trek fans are the worst. And that is why yeah, I we, try not we are... to... <laughs> I love Star Trek. I try not to lean too much that way because you get into these like online communities yeah. and the vocal minority are so vocal and it's everything. It's, it looks different. It looks more advanced. The Klingons look weird. <clears throat> All sorts of things. And um, Well, we are, we are the original. I mean, Trekkies or Trekkers as they're, I believe, known in the States are like the original nutjob lunatic fans that go too far, that, that are socially uh, inept um, you know that's that's that is what we were always known as, and as the world has grown around us to accept geek chic and geek culture, and has put a more acceptable face on the Star Trek franchise, they really rail against it. Oh, they and hate it. it, and they hate the fact that the uh, the so the three remake films or remake films, the re- the Kelvin verse films with Chris yeah. Pine and everything, which I think um, are all good. Some people will say one film is maybe better than another, but I think all mm-hmm. three of them I've got a good level. The the most successful star trek films ever and yet your hardcore star trek fan disavows them doesn't want anything to do with them um some of them are just really (laughs) out there but you know what people go to see them and there's gonna be a new show and hopefully it's amazing it certainly looks like a very expensive show and there's, there's a lot more to come it's it's incredibly exciting because if if this is more of the vein of of modern tv shows yes give us a bit of nostalgia and yes, give us the the root of of what we love about Star Trek, but do not, for the love of God, try and remake, you know, the next generation again because they kept trying to do that and it kept not working. As far as I'm concerned, it was. Yeah, like... There's only so many. This is going to be interesting because we are going to have a full Star Trek episode when we get to Discovery's launch in September. And one of the interesting things, Chris, I will definitely want to dive in with you on is is there are people who who listen to us and they'll be saying, I don't care about Star Trek because when they were young, they may have saw Voyager or BBC Two or or Enterprise or even Next Generation. And you know, so the, the brightly lit 45 minute episode, which, you know, everything ended at the end, sometimes in the original series, literally with the whole crew laughing. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Spock. <laughs> oh, Sp- you crack me up. Da, da, da. and then the end of the episode <laughs> is which is completely different to what we expect um nowadays on tv you know we talked in an early podcast about fargo you know things like game of thrones we expect shorter series we expect higher production values we expect actually kind of mini movies now uh, yeah i mean TV that's screens it's it's the the best thing about modern tv you know is 
I remember when we were, you know, back in the 90s when we were watching, say, uh, The Sopranos um, and things like that. You, you know, you would often remark, like, it's HBO. You know, each episode is like a movie. Like, it doesn't feel like a TV show. It's so well written. It's so well acted. Uh, you know, it, it shows like that went a, a large way towards kind of legitimizing TV as, as a place for your career to go as an actor, you know, over the silver screen. Uh, and but yeah, you know that is now what is this the accepted industry standard? It's like, you know, we're not going to churn out twenty five episodes with yeah. big cardboard sets, everything evenly lit. Uh, you know, uh, it's self contained stories that are good for syndication because no one wants that anymore. You know, we want big, involving, continuing storylines, expanded universes. We want every episode to look like it's been lit by a Hollywood film crew and has that level of budget and has that level of CG. God help you if it's not, because people will tear you to pieces. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And absolutely. just not accept it, is, it anymore. It is the new dynamic in television that it actually has to be more like movies, and we actually are getting better movies, better long-form storytelling uh, from television than we are from Hollywood at the moment. Oh, so much so. And so certainly, much so. We, you know, we won't know what the quality of this show is like until until September. But certainly it looks like Star Trek, after a 10-year absence, is, is trying to come into the more modern age. So we're not going to get 26 episodes of Villain of the Week, Alien of the Week. Uh, we're going to have, hopefully, a continuing storyline. And some top acting talent there. So there's Michelle Yeoh and and uh, the lead of the, the, the show, Sonequa Martin-Green, who was in Walking Dead. I don't know if you watched Walking Dead much, Chris. I kind of gave up on it. I watched no, like five I've, seasons um... of it and gave up on it. But she is an excellent actress. No, my, my feelings on Walking Dead are that if I mean, is it finished? I don't. It's not finished. It's never going to no. finish. Is it? No, <laughs> no, it's still. And good. that's that's the problem. Like I've I've heard from many people like it started good, it got bad, it had its moments. Actually, don't watch it. It's really tedious. And a lot of people that I know uh, watch it only do it because they've started. And you know me, that's what I'd have to do. So I feel like if I'm ever going to watch it, I need to know the show's finished, so that if I do get into it if I do get into something that I'm not, you know, tying myself to uh, a contract I can't see the end of, let's just say. Oh, it, it's, um, just, it's another one, like, I felt watching it like I felt watching S.H.I.E.L.D., which is, I'm invested in this, but I I do not want to be anymore. I, 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 I want out. I want out. <laughs> and I think it was after the millionth time where the same thing happens in The Walking Dead, and it really is. I, I There's some people who I, I know, and they will say, oh, did you watch it? You won't believe who died. And that is basically what you watch for to see which of the non-core five actors are going to die. Mm -hmm. And that's it. And it's the same thing over and over again. And the same horrible, horrible things happen to these people with no end in sight. And I have no idea why it took me so long to stop watching it. Yeah. I mean, when you told me you started watching it, I was a little surprised, you know, because you've always had a fairly good sense for things like this. Like you never got into prison break uh, and, you know, like you got out of... <laughs> You got out of 24 pretty quickly. You gave up on Lost sort of fairly early on. It was the Cougar, Chris. Mm. In 24, it was the Cougar it episode. It was the, <laughs> the infamous Cougar episode. And if I, was, you know... I was so glad when I discovered that everyone else on the internet felt exactly the same way we did when we turned to each other and incredulously said, like, a Cougar now? <laughs> in 24 hours, she's been kidnapped twice. She's been in a nuclear bomb shelter with a lunatic. And now a Cougar is stalking her through this. <laughs> and then at the start of the next episode, the Cougar's gone. It's only around for 10 minutes in real time. It, Google, what, if you don't know what we're talking about, folks, just Google 24 yeah, Cougar, Cougar and sit back and enjoy because it is awful. 
And in many in many ways, actually, twenty four was part of what I would describe as kind of the growing pains of going from that period of episodic TV to yeah, you know, give us a continuing story, give us an involving thing with this great concept. Twenty four episodes, twenty four episodes in a season, one an hour, uh, a story told in real time. Um, that even in its first season was kind of pushing the premise to try and you know give us something worth watching every week uh and by season eight or nine it's you know obviously it's kind of gone too far but yeah you know it's it's that kind of thing it was the right idea it's what people were moving towards but they hadn't quite nailed down the pacing the timing you know well, people don't want 24 it, episodes anymore well, it, well I, exactly so the network's were demanding 24, 26 episodes of all these TV shows. It's the reason why we have CSIs. It's the reason why, you know, there's a reason why we have like Star Trek, there's 700 episodes because, (laughs) because, and 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 again, I I hate to go back to Star Trek on all the time on this, but it's, it was quite illuminating was um, one of the excellent Star Trek uh, Blu-ray sets um, talks behind the scenes with the writers. And he said, it didn't matter if it was shit. Like, you knew you had to get the episode out. You knew you had to get it done by a certain time because the network was not going to stop showing. They needed content. And mm. so the difference is there, of course, with a Netflix and, and Hulu and Amazon Prime and everything, is they can say, take your time, give us your 13 best episodes, and then we'll play them either all at once or one a week or whatever. And now the broadcast networks are kind of uh, catching up to that, but they're trying to get around it in different ways. So they split up the episodes of so Walking Dead is two eight mini seasons i think star trek discovery is going to do the same thing chris so mm-hmm. september will be eight episodes and then there'll be a, a christmas break and then there'll be another eight episodes in the new year i'll tell you what that's, um, the, that's one of the changing dynamics of television is getting away from just churning out content because we expect better we expect the wire sopranos we expect game of thrones level quality now if we're going to invest 13 hours per season yeah exactly 100 percent. and i mean i think um you know, just going back to the actual trailer itself. Uh, so um, it's it's percolating. It's, it's been sat in my mind for a while now. And uh, I'm thinking of a great debate that exists amongst uh, we Trekkies, um, <laughs> which is kind of between... Uh, you're, you and me make no secret of the fact that Deep Space Nine is our favourite Star Trek series. Absolutely. Um, for the very reason that it kind of... Again, it was way ahead of its time. It was about story arcs. It was about character development. It had real consequences. You know, people didn't necessarily die on screen just because the actor wanted to leave the show. Although, obviously, that did happen. Um, but, you know, it just felt it felt like it was, it was getting at something a bit more gritty and giving us a slightly new view on the Star Trek universe, which is maybe the Federation isn't so perfect, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, but there are so many people, I didn't realize this uh, until I really sort of dug into the Star Trek fandom, there are so many people that, that loathe Deep Space Nine simply by virtue of the fact that they just don't think it's Star Trek because Star Trek for them should be a utopia. The Federation should be basically flawless, perfect human beings well, that, uh, yeah, as so they are in the original series. Well, actually, that's interesting because in the original series, they're not perfect. Uh, one of the standout moments for me, which is uh, Kirk uh, deals with racism right there on his bridge in, um, in one episode. But by Next Generation, Gene Roddenberry basically created something which would go down as called the Roddenberry Box. Uh, 
mm-hmm. which meant that the humans could not have any conflict with each other, but they could have with aliens, which meant yeah. that every week there'd be an alien of the week or whatever, some stranger, and that's where the conflict would come into the episode, and then it would have to be resolved by our crew, our heroes. Um, by the time you got to Deep Space Nine, you know, um, after two or three seasons, some of the people who were on that show left to make Voyager, and the people who were left behind are luminaries now in television, including Ron Moore, who came up with Battlestar Galactica, the mm-hmm. remake. And they, were, they, they came up with the Dominion War arc and, and the Klingon War and everything. But also, as you said, you know, painting the picture that these people are not perfect. How could they be? Even in two or three hundred years, we couldn't be. So, and I mean, that's the... that's one of the things as well is that, you know, what 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 you're missing out on, especially if you watch like early early Star Trek Next Generation, you know, when Roddenberry was still heavily involved in the show before they basically kicked him upstairs and, you mm. know, did whatever, and then of course, you know, God rest his soul, he died. But, um, you know, when he was that heavily involved in it, uh, you know watching it back now the characters are insufferably arrogant and you know everything is about oh these ferengi are like our old capitalist ways how embarrassing and you know yeah. ev- everything has this very judgmental asshole tone to it um and what gene i think saw as a utopia we especially now in this kind of cynical age that we live in kind of just look back and like well, what the fuck is this who thinks like that and and exactly but, it doesn't give us relatable characters uh, you know as the show went on characters would have you know if not necessarily major flaws but they would have flaws or weaknesses or vulnerabilities at least um that that would let us kind of get away in to to relate to them hmm. um but you know again that is why there was this real separation with deep space nine like you say uh you know some of them left to do voyager and voyager became you know next generation 2.0 uh, you know, villain of the week, thing of the week. Doesn't matter that they're stranded in the Delta Quadrant. It's just the same show again. Um, and Deep Space Nine, like you say, gave us war. It gave us real consequences to things happening. It gave us uh, our captain doing horrible, unspeakable things in the name of, of ending a war because he That's thought true. it was for the greater good. And you, as the viewer, don't know if he's done the right thing or not. It sparks debates it sparks you know it's it's got real conflict in it and there's there's a line from the trailer you know with the woman saying like star trek don't fire uh, star trek starfleet don't fire first you know uh and and kind of tapping into that for me what is that fan debate we are starfleet this is star trek we're pacifists where you know the enterprise was never a warship you know it's discovery and and peace it's it's not about you know which war. is not a bad thing to have but at the same time we need to hopefully this show will will bring is that uh, a more realistic take on the universe that yes we won't fire first but we will defend ourselves and and, and yeah and it seems to that's what i'm saying it seems to really address that conflict mm. right there in that moment um you yeah. know with with two bridge officers disagreeing about how we proceed but to to female bridge officers as well the captain yeah. and and the the first officer are both uh both female in this which is another thing where i don't think it's so much star trek fans but certainly some right-wing trolls have been on the internet um besmirching this um so it's written gen- by a bunch of beta males trying to, cucks. <laughs> trying to suck up to the the matriarchy <laughs> <laughs> you need to be red-pilled son anyway that's a uh, that's enough of our uh, dip into right-wing politics. 
so anyway that's the trailer we've we've had a little play around with it i'm you know you can't tell from a trailer whether it's going to be good or bad we hope it's good uh certainly we are going to take a deeper dive into star trek and uh we'll continue over the the summer to to dive into other things so yeah is there anything else we want to talk about i mean either in tv generally or, or star trek before we wrap up um, no, you know, I I, I, I want to leave some of it for the episode, um, and I fear I'll just end up getting to. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll I'll start the prime directive debate, and then we'll never be done. All right, guys. So that's been our first mini episode. Hopefully, that will tide you over until the next one. Uh, and hopefully, uh, Chris, you're now finally caught up in at least one aspect of the pop culture summer that you've missed. Yeah, I'm I'm getting there. Fantastic. Okay. Well, as ever, you guys can follow us on Twitter, Facebook get on itunes subscribe review and we'll be back with a fuller episode very very soon